What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Batman News Weekly, the freaking one-year anniversary. This is episode 52, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I just want to say, you know, if you've been listening to this for 52 episodes, I should say 51 episodes because this is a 52nd episode. But if you listen to all the previous episodes, I just want to say thank you, like genuine, genuinely thank you for just listening to us and uh, i'm pretty sure clay feels the same way yeah for sure man it was crazy it, 52 weeks dude yeah it, it's insane man like um i will say it it was very interesting because this the podcast just started kind of on a whim you know it was just one batman issue that I was like oh my god i need to talk about this and <laughs> uh you know and it's i will say i will say the one thing i did learn from from doing this podcast over the year is it totally killed my YouTube channel? <laughs> it murdered my YouTube channel. So oh, it like man. Batman who laughed my channel because I never like I was like, dude, we cover everything on the podcast and I didn't want to do it double time on yeah. my YouTube channel. And like it's so much easier to just press record and talk about Batman for an hour, two hours, you know what I mean? Um, instead of like editing a video and just talking about one topic and blah, blah uh so i will say that's the only downside of this podcast <laughs> but for the most part i love doing this each week i look forward to it i mean i i my biggest thing about comic books and especially batman is i would go buy comic books in the comic shop to talk about comics like to the other people that work there and just other people that i may, may have seen in there multiple times because that's the thing i love about the comic shop is talking comics so this podcast gives me that outlet Oh yeah, and you know that's the main reason why comic shops like exist. It was the whole point of like, okay, you're going to purchase your books, and not only are you going to purchase your books, you're going to have an outlet to talk nerdy, you know, because you usually probably didn't have anybody nerdy to talk to, and then you would find other nerdy friends, whether it be like you said, people who go in and out frequently, or maybe you know somebody comes in, you overhear a conversation of like hey, it's my first time buying a comic. I like Batman. And you're like, oh, shit, I'm just about to ruin your life right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, especially if you're going, if you're reading the current stuff. 100%. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, we just want to give you guys like 100%. Like, thank you so much for supporting this podcast. Uh, we're going to continue into the new year, obviously. Well, the new season for us or the new year, year two of Batman News Weekly. Um, I think in year two, I really want to try to push this to a video podcast at some point. I know we've tried it, but our internets just don't sync up with video so well, or the websites that we try to use for video don't do well. Um, but I mean, I have that sick ass freaking like thing that I set up that one time that we yeah. could use to do a cool video podcast. Um, so I'm really hoping in the future we can make this a video podcast, maybe even do it like live, which might be kind of cool. Um, so that's something to look forward to in year two. Uh, but we will be keep trucking on every week. Uh, you guys can always expect an episode from us going forward uh, because we love talking about Batman. And as far as I know, Batman survived 80 years, so I'm pretty sure he's going to survive another 80. So <laughs> we're good. Um, but just like that first episode of Batman News Weekly, we have a lot of comic book stuff to talk about uh, because there was a lot of Batman stuff that's happening. We There's a lot of comic book news that is coming out. 
um, involving Scott Snyder. I mean, because he's got his hands in everything right now. We got three Jokers news. We have more dark multiverse stuff that's going to be coming out. Um, and then as for the entertainment stuff, which we, we're going to go ahead and knock out the entertainment stuff now before we jump into the comic heavy stuff. We've got a little bit of Suicide Squad news and some fandom stuff. Yeah. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, if you guys don't follow James Gunn on Instagram, he released multiple different Suicide logos. Uh, it's just called the Suicide Squad movie. That is officially the title of the Suicide Squad, which we all kind of already knew that. Um, and he, you know, it's in this cool, simple font. Like, so they've been using the logo with the bullet holes. Yeah. The, they kind of just old, cleaned it up. The a old bit. school uh, Ostrander. I, I, think. I think that's I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, the mm-hmm. Suicide Squad Ostrander run. Uh, the logo is really cool, old school wise, because it has the yellow outline with the red letters, and it has the black yeah. uh, bullet holes across it. This one's a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. It has the still the yellow background, like the entire the way he did it had a complete yellow background with red lettering, and then yeah. was it yellow bullet shots? I believe. No, I think they were black. They were black? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I think that red, inside was all red and black. And um, it was just, you know, straight up. What, here, let me see. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, no, the inside was just black bullet holes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. still still homaging that old school look to it. Um, yeah. It just pops a little bit more. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, but The it, yellow background. But it, but it looks good. It, it definitely yeah. does look good. Now, the interesting thing about this was that uh, along with that, it was James Gunn's birthday. And so they did a little, in the same kind of font, they said, Happy Birthday, James. And there was a video that had a lot of people in it, and a majority of them, and maybe all of them, are in the Suicide Squad. Now, there was this one girl. I used to follow her. I don't remember her name. I stopped following her a while back. But she's, I guess, a good friend of James's. Um, but I don't know if she's in the Suicide Squad. She's an actress, but um, she has like a dog in the video. I, I forget her name, but I, all I know is she hangs out with that chick, Brittany Furline or whatever, that big Viner from back in the oh, day, yeah, that yeah. married Tommy Lee or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, she hangs out with her all the time, and she's the only one in the video that I'm like feels out of place. Because I think everybody else in that video is in the Suicide Squad. Yeah. So she might be in the Suicide Squad. Don't know what she yeah, was doing. Yeah, the, when they did it, they said the cast says, Happy Birthday, James. Mm, uh, but also, there's something that a lot of people picked up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were making fun of Idris Elba because he looked blazed as fuck. When he was, and they did a vo- an auto-tune over him. They did an auto-tune. But like, yeah. people were like, did he just growl? And... Yeah. It may have been the autotune, but mm-hmm. a lot of people think he legitimately growled when he said it and think that yeah. he is now going to be Bronze Tiger. It's a long, str- it's a stretch. It's a stretch. Uh, but maybe, you know, we, he, Bronze Tiger ever had a daughter though? Uh, I mean, it's yeah. a first I mean, I guess time they could everything. just make it up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it is, uh, he is the only person pretty much out of that entire cast that uh, was saying happy birthday, that we still don't know who he is playing. Uh, We don't really know who John Cena is. uh, He is Peacekeeper. That's what they... Okay, so let's not forget that James Gunn said, he was like, there's a lot of lists out there. He was like, a lot of y'all are going to be surprised about who these people are playing. Uh... So he could be anybody. And if you... 
I know he, he was very militarized in this happy birthday video. He was playing like a machine gun game, an arcade machine gun game. He was like, what's up, soldier? Or something like that. And I was like, whoa. All right, who is he playing? I don't I don't know anything about Peacekeeper. Peacekeeper's never been in a movie or anything. Peacekeeper, so we don't know. the last time we saw Peacekeeper was the Suicide Squad versus Justice League. That was the last time we saw Peacekeeper. He had a very small part at the very end. Showing that, uh, uh, what's his name? Maxwell Lord was going to have him on his team. Uh, mm -hmm. They didn't do anything with that. But uh, he, he that was the last time we physically saw him in comics. The last time I read anything from Peacekeeper was like 90s. So yeah. it's been a long time. I probably wouldn't know his like new origin or whatnot. So but you're, yeah. you're right. You're right. He, he, you know, it could be, you know, peace, well, Peacekeeper for me... Peacekeeper always had two guns. And mm -hmm. so when... Because he looked uh, like he was playing with both. So I yeah. was like, ooh, maybe he is Peacekeeper. That's going to be kind of cool. He could be. I mean, that arcade gun, He, I mean, he was holding two guns. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, maybe he is. I mean, but I'm very interested to see because, you know, James Gunn did say you're going to be surprised. So I wonder, maybe, like, the list out there just has a few characters that are not going to be who we think they are. So... We'll see. That'll be very interesting. Oh, one thing I didn't write down that is actual news, um, and we talked about it on this podcast before, is Dave Batista confirmed oh, that yeah. he auditioned to be Bane in Matt Reeves' The Batman movie. Um, now, unfortunately, for those of you like we were, hoping that he would land this role, he said he tried his hardest. And that's kind of all he said. But... That means Bane is going to be in Matt Reeves' Batman movie. I would say maybe his series. I don't know if we're going to get... He doesn't necessarily have to be in it now, because it, he could just be in an Arkham Asylum cell, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah. Or yeah. something like that. And I, you can always gimmick that by maybe it's like the back of Bane, so you just get like a big bodybuilder and then like have the new person be there later. Yeah. Um, but that would be hella interesting if Matt Reeves is literally thinking that far in advance. Like... Oh no, we're making a trilogy and I'm going to have this character, this character, this character, this character. We're going to cast them all now. And you're just locking them down for the future. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. But that's also kind of but don't forget we're getting a spin-off show now. Yeah. So like they could literally introduce these characters at any time. Which I mean a lot of people are hoping that we don't get any supervillains in this new spin-off. Um I think it's kind of hard not to. Uh, yeah. But that doesn't mean we need Batman. Mm -mm. We Not saw it in Gotham, Gotham Central. Mm -hmm. We saw how well it did with just sporadic Batman. Batman yeah. can literally just be this like ominous freaking silhouette, like on random episodes. They can mm -hmm. literally CGI Batman, and it can yeah. like as far as like silhouette, and it would look good. Yeah. Well, don't forget, like, we don't know what Matt Reeves is going to do yet. Yeah. So this show could be the perfect way to introduce the Bat family and have them appear every once in a while. So if you are going to make a Batgirl show, Batgirl can appear on one episode. Or if you're going to never use Tim Drake, but you have Damian Wayne. You could use Damian Wayne in the movies, and maybe Tim Drake's on the show. Oh yeah, you know? I mean, technically, Tim Drake was in the in the book. You know, he was the one yeah. that helped. Uh, uh, 
I forgot her name already, but get the gun oh, back because yeah, yeah, Batman yeah. took it away after she freaking yeah. shot him. <laughs> yeah, such a good story, man. I can't wait. To, I'm so excited for the HBO Max series. But uh, yeah, so those are some of the biggest things is, um, uh, oh, I totally jumped ahead. But uh, going back to the Suicide Squad, James Gunn confirmed that his movie is not interrupted, ladies and gentlemen. So we're not going to need a James Gunn cut after his movie comes out. Or, you know, we're not going to, uh, you know, we're still, I still want to see the David Ayer cut, though. Still putting that out there because it seems like something new comes out every day about his movie. Uh, did you see the thing about the makeup artist saying that his movie was just completely different? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so then like, uh, he also confirmed that uh, there is a series of women that Joker attempts to replace harley with in the movie Ooh, yeah damn they did say that there was enough joker harley footage to make its own movie yeah he's he said that like you can you can randomly see in some like deleted scene footage or at least like uh screenshots that Mm -hmm. there is like a woman that is dressed like harley but it's so far away you can't tell if it's Margot or not and it's Mm -hmm. not and the whole thing is that, like, Joker, just like in the animated series, I'm pretty sure there's an episode where yeah, he replaces her. He replaces her, and she just doesn't cut it, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. he kind of did that same thing in Suicide Squad. Damn. So. See, I'm really excited to see that. I hope it hits the light of day. I, well, because one, one of the videos that I re- just watched right before we started recording for DC Fandom, it mm-hmm. said, uh, it said like biggest event biggest announcements yeah so i am like of course we all know that they're gonna they're gonna talk about the stuff that that it's already on the slate they're gonna talk about flash Mm -hmm. they're gonna talk about freaking black adam they're gonna talk about so many different things Zack snyder said he's gonna talk about justice league Mm -hmm. i really really need hbo max and dc to be like you know what we're dropping the announcement of the air cut right here I need, that would be awesome. I need that to happen. What would be great is if they did it right after James Gunn introduces his. I think that would be really awesome. I would be okay with that. I would totally be okay with that. Um, either before or after really doesn't matter to me. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't think one or the other will like undercut each other. You know? No. Uh, just, because, so. just because it is clear that... Uh, Gunn is going to be doing his own thing, mm-hmm. but Gunn is a great director when it comes to these types of films. Yeah, you know, we. For sure. uh, I just recently watched Super for the first time, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm wanting that with the Suicide Squad, and it's going to be oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, Su- Super was so great. It's one of my favorite James Gunn's movies. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, speaking of fandom, they've been promoting the hell out of it. With these little teasers and stuff, yeah, and crazy. Uh, so that's good. Yeah, this, but this is exactly what we said we wanted. We always said that there should be a DC event because they're so popular. They have the best characters in comics. That's my opinion. Uh, and you know, they, they have so much property. They 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 got great animation movies. They got great movies. They got great comics. Like they should just do it, get video games. Like they should do everything, and they're finally doing it. Um, I'm very curious on how the 24 hours is going to work, though. That's a long time because I'm I definitely going to live stream a lot of this. Yeah, I think like I'm not sure if they're going to like. Can you region lock YouTube? 
Yeah. I get my videos like capped uh, a lot of the time. Okay. Like in China and Japan, like they'll kill some videos. So I think DC will region lock certain areas based on the time zones that everywhere in the world is. Mm -hmm. So that way, like prime time in like overseas, they get to see it as if they were like, it's brand new to them. So that way, Mm -hmm. uh, if people want to stay away from the internet and kind of watch it on their own, they can watch it on their own. Yeah. But I, I, I genuinely think that like, cause we haven't gotten a schedule yet. That's one thing mm-hmm. that when, yeah. when Jim Lee was like, Oh, I'm going to be staying up for the entire 24 hours. A mm-hmm. lot of people were like, drop the schedule, drop the schedule. Tell us when it's like, cause I think that's one of the biggest things. Cause for me, I thankfully got the day mm-hmm. off and I'm probably not going to leave this chair. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably restroom breaks every now and again, and then I'll probably ask my wife to bring me food, as horrible as that sounds. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> but but I, yeah, I, I, I plan on streaming it. I, I really want to see as much as possible, just because as the nerds that we are, we enjoy the DC mm-hmm. games, we enjoy the DC comics, and we enjoy the DC shows and movies. Yeah. So I I genuinely probably would want to see everything. Yeah. See, my thing is I'm hoping it's like four to six hours of news, and the rest is just like watch this movie, watch this show, watch this. Like that's I I just want all the news in like a six hour block. That way I can live stream it and then it's over. Because like if it's like at one a.m. we're releasing this. And at 2 a.m., we're releasing this. I'm going to be like, bro, you got 24 announcements through the whole time? Like, <laughs> holy shit. Um, so I'm really hoping it's not like that because then it because it's going to be just like Comic-Con where people pick and choose what they really want to hear. See, and I really hope that's not the case. Now, mm-hmm. they did drop a teaser that had Aisha Taylor saying, welcome to DC Fandom. Yeah, uh, I saw that one. And a lot of people are like, okay, is she going to be hosting live? Yeah. Because a lot of people had that one criticism towards San Diego Comic-Con at home is that mm-hmm. everything was pre-recorded. And technically, if you really wanted to, you could pick a video to watch at Comic-Con at home mm-hmm. and just skip everything. Skip the introductions everything until you got to the part where you wanted to watch and then you only saw that 15 minutes or whatever and then you would turn yeah. off the video that's not going to give you a whole lot of views mm-hmm. so you need to be live and you need to be like hey this is how it's going to go down yeah well i think the way they should do it even if it is all pre-recorded is it shouldn't be a skippable format it should be like okay we have a 24 hour long video and we're pressing play at noon and then it just plays for 24 hours and you can't skip ahead. It should be like live on Twitch and you can't skip ahead on Twitch because it's live. So that's what it should be. It should be a 24 hour long video to where it just plays. I mean, if that would be cool if Aisha Tyler is actually hosting a lot of it and she's answering questions, that'd be cool. But at the same time, like if they want to control c- it. I could see that. So like they live stream it, but they're live streaming a pre-recorded video. So yeah. that way... You know, whoever is the host, maybe let's say Jim Lee is hosting a video and Mm -hmm. he's like, okay, we're about to watch this video here. We talk about this, that and the other. And 
you know, maybe he's in that video and that's why he's hosting. And so when people yeah. start asking questions, whether it be in the live chat or tweeting or whatnot, he can answer them as they go on. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. I, I would be okay with yeah. that. Yeah, because here's my thing. A majority, a majority of live events are cringe as fuck. Like, no matter who you have, they're pretty cringe at times. Yeah, yeah. And I like Aisha Tyler. I really love her. She's amazing. But I feel like sometimes they'll just give her shitty dialogue and she's like, ah, fuck, I gotta say this. <laughs> and she says it and it's just like, like, I will, I never watch the gaming awards because they're so bad. Oh my God. The gaming awards are so bad. What was it? I just won't. Were you working with me that day when we watched the the gaming awards and like the whole announcement of Vin Diesel? and yeah that was awful oh my god so bad that was so that bad. was also like that one that that one guy that was all like fuck the oscars fuck them like that guy i was like fuck out of here dude get out of here nobody cares about the gaming awards <laughs> like what the fuck are you um but yeah like it's i don't know man so yeah i i think pre-recorded would be the best thing because you i feel like they've been doing this for so long that they could have been like this this is kind of cheesy let's go ahead and refilm it you know what I mean? Yeah. And they redo it. Um, and also, I think if they can, like, do... I don't really necessarily know, like, if I want a panel style or if it's something like... You saw, like, the background or those, uh like, vignettes on the BVS DVD, right? Where they were, like, sitting in a chair and then they were talking about shit and showing shit. Yeah. If all the, all the things are like that, that would be entertaining. And so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I mean, we have heard that you know people are going to be making appearances, mm -hmm. so I I would be, totally be okay with that. Whether it be them sitting all in chairs or it be kind of like off to the side on a Zoom yeah. call, I think that would be pretty interesting. You know, yeah. as long as they can shoot the shit and kind of just like do whatever, I mm -hmm. think the more natural it is. But as long as it's directed, you know, yeah, uh, I think it'll. I think. I, I genuinely think this event is probably going to be the biggest thing for for like all of these online conventions because mm -hmm. more and more conventions are starting to make freaking websites and starting to yeah. make panels and and do all this stuff. I think this one is going to like nab for like the best one this year. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll definitely be trending all day on Twitter, so, you know, we'll see that. But uh, yeah, so those are our thoughts on that, ladies and gentlemen. We don't really have any more entertainment news. Um, I haven't heard shit about the Batman. And I don't think we will hear it until next... The reported filming is next month. Yeah. Um, we haven't heard anything uh, come, come out from it. But I think that's also because we're holding everything till Fandom. So, you know, it's three weeks, two weeks, two weeks away yep. at this point, almost. Yeah. So uh, we'll have a lot of news then. But uh, we're going to jump over to comic books because we have a lot of news there. And uh, some of it's good. A uh, majority of it could be bad. Um, <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and talk about it. So uh, the first thing, I literally just saw this before we started chatting. Uh, we talked about how Scott Snyder has a bunch of different things he wants to make with this Dark Knight Metals 2 that makes us just want to cringe. This is probably the thing I hate the most. So uh, Clay's going to go ahead and talk about uh, Hush showing up in this Dark Knight thing. Yeah, so uh, it's it, two books were announced. I can't remember the exact titles, but basically they're stating uh, that a Hush Dark Multiverse story as well as Flashpoint 
uh, are both getting a dark multiverse rendition and it'll be it'll just join this whole dark knights metal fiasco um yeah. we're going to be talking about this uh legends of the dark knights uh book that came out this week and it's not one that we're excited to really really talk about as well as like mm-hmm. the series overall you know we've we've shared our thoughts on issues one and two uh the big thing for this is hush is juice's favorite batman villain uh probably yeah uh not villain not book. book you know the yeah. story by jeff Loeb. yeah and for him to get this dark multiverse story i feel like it probably could have done well if because because you know after a while after metal there was like these random tales of the dark multiverse and like blackest night had one and mm-hmm. omac had one and like they were just random it was several yeah. years after and it was random some of them were good and i'm like okay mm-hmm. this kind of comes out later on it's just kind of keeping it relevant okay if they would have made a hush dark multiverse story like four years from now mm-hmm. i think that would have been okay yeah, but placing mm-hmm. Hush in the midst of this just stretched out long story just mm-hmm. to pick up sales, I think is a really bad move. Uh, yeah. Not only because the horrible character design, but it's bad. And the worst, really the bad. worst part is, I believe it's done by one of my favorite artists at DC right now, Dexter really? Story. Uh, he is doing Ooh. the uh, Batman Outsiders. Okay. And he does a great job with almost everything he does. And I just like, it looks weird. Mm-hmm. It looks it, it looks like if Flashpoint Batman and Hush had a baby. Well, it looks like what Red Hood would look like if he was Batman with armor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah in the uh, Battle of the Cow. The, the yeah. black and red, like, armored suit? Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. So here's the problem with this Hush design. One, it's awful. It just looks ugly. And the thing that sucks is, I don't think... Cause the reason why this sucks is because, one, this thing doesn't look like Hush to begin with because Hush is somebody that loves taking, who can mimic and perfect somebody's identity. And he's wearing this shit... I feel like he should just be wearing the Batman Hush costume. Like, it should just be Batman. You know, he's, he's like the perfect dude. He can literally make himself look like Bruce Wayne, and he's going to have this really outrageous costume. But at the same time, uh, there, was this, there was a statue I was going to buy from Premier One that is like $1,300. I definitely wanted it. I wanted to save up my money to buy it. And it had a, a variant to it that had a Hush head. That you could put on. And what it was, it was half Batman, half Hush's face. And they could have just did that here. They could have had half the Bat Cow with half of the bandages coming out of it. Out of a cracked cow. And that would have looked so much better. Because it could have been a symbol of like, I beat the Batman. Now I am the Batman. And he's just wearing wearing that cow to symbolize like, yeah, Yeah. I'm the Batman. Like, that would have been perfect. But there's also this story of, like I said... Flashpoint and the Dark mm-hmm. Multiverse. Here's the problem with that. Flashpoint is a dark story. Yeah. Like, 
it is already like I understand that Flashpoint is like its own little pocket universe that's like, hey, we live in this weird time, technically mm-hmm. destroyed right now. But yeah. the Flashpoint Batman is literally Thomas Wayne Batman. Like, you can't tell me otherwise. And yeah. this story, whatever it's going to be, is literally just trying to squeeze money out of something that has a big sell to it anyway, Flashpoint. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're probably going to see like a glimpse of Thomas Wayne Batman in here. And it's going to be pointless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I can't deal with those kind of books. Yeah, it's definitely a cash grab, unfortunately. And those are two of my favorite books. So I'm just like, yeah. And I think maybe they think that a lot of, you know, a lot of readers would be like, oh my God, this is going to be fantastic. But I think the people that actually genuinely enjoy those stories don't want those stories fucked with. Um, because, I mean, look, we I would say Jeff Johns' Doomsday Clock is the official sequel to Watchmen. I don't think anybody gives a shit about before Watchmen. Sorry to anybody that created before Watchmen, but I don't think anybody cares. But I feel like Jeff Johns' Doomsday Clock is a solid sequel and people respect that. But that was also, what, 30 years later or something like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's... And they, they tried to do it in the style of Watchmen. And I think that's really good. Um, And I know Hush has been out for like 20 years or something like that. But still, like, you don't do this, like, especially when you're doing a six-month run of this current event. It just feels like a cash grab. Yeah. yeah. If you said, like, if there was no event going on and they're like, hey, we're just going to drop this book because, you know, somebody had a story, they want to write it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, randomly. Why not? But uh, right now, when everything just feels like a cash grab with mul- this dark multiverse story already, um, yeah, it's uh, I'm not happy about it. So... That is what it is. Um, sticking with uh, the creator of this dark multiverse right now, uh, Clay has some news about the future of Scott Snyder. Yeah, so uh, this is technically old news to some of us because it wasn't really announced publicly. Um, Zack Snyder has some plans outside of DC and Marvel. Did I say Zack? I um, meant Scott. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Scott, Scott yeah. Snyder. Scott Snyder has plans outside of Marvel and DC. Uh, of course, last year he launched Undiscovered Country with uh, Charles Soule. Mm-hmm. But he wants to do more. You know, He said he's had this story for a sequel to Witches, and he just hasn't been able to push it out. That is because he's so involved with DC right now. Um, you know, he is kind of the, uh, what do we call them, uh, the... the create uh, the creative like director basically yeah of dc uh trying to push forward whatever the new status quo may be uh but he did say that in 2021 he is going to step back a little bit he still will be doing some stuff at dc not as much uh but it's to do some uh more indie titles now my buddy mark at the Comic Book Legion podcast, um, he has some pretty cool uh, interactions with both Jeff Johns and Scott Snyder uh, randomly. Uh, mm-hmm. And M- Mark actually knew this uh, sometime uh, 
in like 2019, he was going to make the announcement for 2020. But mm-hmm. because of the shit show that happened with the whole 5G not happening, happening, hey, I'm going to walk if it does happen type thing, uh, it made him stay for a little bit longer. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so, um, and then I believe you said, was that in an article or is that inside info about that one thing you told me that he wants to do uh, with DC about the writers? Oh, uh, the, uh, uh, no, he wants to bring, yeah, you know, no, it was in an article. He is wanting to bring back an initiative, uh, that was there before. Um, I believe in 2019, uh, there was a, uh, title called DC showcase, uh, or new talent showcase or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was to bring new artists and new writers to DC and it was basically an anthology of just random stories. Uh, yeah. He is wanting to bring that back. I think it's a very good idea because one of mm-hmm. the biggest complaints that I think a lot of people get when it comes to these writers at DC is, okay, we're kind of tired of you being on this book and this book. Um, why don't you give it to somebody else? And we can't really think of anybody else because we're tired of everybody else as well. So bringing in new blood, whether it be for art or for writing, I think is very, very good. Uh, It, you know, we can give those really good writers that are very well known a rest. And, you know, we'll eventually get tired of these new writers. And then that's when the big guns can come in and be like, hey, I got this bombastic story for you guys. Uh, I think it's like I said, I just think it's a good idea. Um, having new talent come in uh, to change things up, especially in a time where a new status quo may be established, um, it doesn't hurt them whatsoever. Uh, especially mm-hmm. if they want to do some brand new things. Well, you know, we don't know where these characters will be in 2021. So it, it might be for better if there are new talent attached to it. Yeah, and uh, like we've mentioned many a times on this podcast, when we read these digital firsts, half of the names writing these, we don't know. So, you know, if they want to get some of these digital first people on a big continuity book, I'm all for it. Because uh, the Batman stuff has been fantastic lately. So, uh, I'm all for bringing in new writers. Uh, hit me up, DC. You know, I got some stuff. I haven't put out <laughs> anything, but I got ideas. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I- I'm excited, and I hope that, yeah, we do get some new blood in DC because... You know, it's always nice to throw out a change. I mean, I don't want the Scott... I mean, as much as I don't like him, his writing right now, I don't want Scott Snyder to leave. I still want to read stuff from Scott Snyder because I know he's a good writer. I'm just not happy with what he's doing now. Same with Tom King. I don't want Tom King just dip out. And even Tinian. I am not enjoying his stuff at the moment, but I've enjoyed his stuff in the past. Sometimes I think these guys just need breaks and, uh, you know, just kind of rejuvenate their ideas. And they need to go work on other stuff and then come back because, like, oh, I got this amazing idea. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. So that's uh, some interesting stuff. Uh, the last bit of news we have is just an interesting headline that I read. And it was a headline that said, Jeff Johns's and Jason Fabok's three Jokers might change the DCEU. Uh, I guess, I don't know if it was like forever or something like that. If DC allows it. So we've heard uh, interesting things about, or interesting things that Fabic has said that 
they believe this is a sequel to The Killing Joke, and they consider it continuity, but they wrote it the way they wanted it, and there might be some risks that they took that might consider it not continuity. So that's kind of up in the air. And uh, Clay pointed out to me the other day, this is technically also a sequel to Dark Side War. Yes. Yeah, because that's where the three Jokers started, and we just never got it finished. Yeah, the, um, the whole aspect of Batman going onto the Mobius chair and learning that there was multiple Jokers, that was the big cliffhanger. Uh, yeah. And then it got uh, touched up on in the Rebirth number one issue. And then we never saw it again. So, yeah. So we will be getting that in two weeks as well. Two weeks. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, so, actually, uh, 27th. So in no, three, weeks. three weeks. Okay. So we will be covering the hell sorry, out of sorry, that. Because... Uh, 25th. Because 25th okay. is a Tuesday. Uh, we, 20 days from, we will or, get it in yeah. two weeks, technically. Okay. We'll still be covering it the same week, so we'll just say three weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's one book I'm hella excited for. I cannot wait for that. I absolutely love Jeff Johns, although I know there's some stuff that he's in an entanglement right now. So, um, But I've been waiting for this book for fucking years, yeah. so I'm hyped for it. Uh, so yeah, that's just some stuff. I'm, I'm very interested on what it could be, though. What could change the DCU that could happen in this book? Do you think one of them kills the Joker? I think, well, see, if someone kills the Joker, it's got to be Barbara. Yeah. Because Red Hood killing the Joker saw it coming, you know? Yeah. Batman killing the Joker, I think it would be I too, it. I think it's too much of fan service. Yeah. Uh, to, for him to finally kill the Joker. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't think that would work. Uh, yeah. But Barbara killing would be something very very interesting uh not so much as to like be misogynistic about it and be like oh now she's the bad guy Mm -hmm. but uh to put some inner turmoil into her you know yeah i think it would be really really interesting yeah because this is comic books so we could always have the joker return yeah you know um somehow the joker's like oh it was a clone or it was my body double or some shit you know what i mean but barbara gets that closure for that moment or whatever obviously see i do think you could tell a lot of stories out of that because now barbara does something that bruce is pissed at when barbara's always pissed at bruce for the way he acts and the way he does now bruce can treat her the way she treats him sometimes and now barbara is teaming up with red hood in the Outlaws book. Yeah. That would be something. <laughs> Bad Girl is ending. So who knows? Um, but it would be... But could you imagine a Bad Girl Outlaw book, though? Where she's just going around the world. Like, she's like, fuck it. If I can't be in Gotham, I'll do this around the world. That would be interesting. Because she's so smart. It would be interesting. But at the same time, would you then feel like, shit, it's going to be Grayson all over again? Uh, well, as long as she doesn't lose her memory, and she goes by Babs, well, no, 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 Babsy, not, or not, something else. Not Rick, but uh-huh. but in New Fifty Two, when oh, when he be when he like got and like his mask taken off and shit, yeah. like Grayson. Yeah. Well, I mean, if Tom King writes it, it'll be good. 
Sealy or Sealer too, so I would I'd read it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know because she would be ousted from the Bat family for murder, whereas Grayson just lost his identity and he was like, "Fuck, I can't." Yeah, you know, the world knows who I am, so I got to be a secret agent now. Which that still doesn't really make sense to me because doesn't the did the world get their mind wiped? I don't really know what happened there. Uh, it's a whole um, futures in thing. I, I would need to I would need to yeah. read both Grayson and Futures in together to see how it all mm-hmm. like makes sense. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, all of that. So I don't know. I think it's intriguing. It it I I feel like the women in the Bat family deserve some really fucking solid, like real stories like we get in a strange adventures and stuff like that. Yeah. Because I think they have some very compelling stories and you can really mess with that inner turmoil that they have. I, and we just don't get those stories. I think that we need to see more of that. Uh, recently, uh, John talked to both Gail and uh, Chip Zdarsky mm-hmm. about, you know, serious takes on characters. Apparently, Gail has been approached for a Black Label book. She didn't say uh if she had pitched anything or if they asked her to write a certain character. Um, mm-hmm. But Chip was saying that, like, the this new status quo of, like, hey, there needs to be more adult-esque books like The Strange Adventures, like Mr. Miracle, mm-hmm. uh, it really does put a very interesting spin on not only uh, characters that we know and love, but the way we think as readers for certain mm-hmm. characters. So I think it would be awesome uh, if they wanted to do that and not necessarily make it continuity, not want to make it in the uh, monthly books, but make it into a black label thing. I yeah. think that would that would be very, very interesting. Uh, I just I just love the 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 twelve issue, you know, Mark or the, the yeah. six to 12 issue, uh, mini maxi series things mm-hmm. just because recently the stuff that we get every two weeks is really shitty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It's pretty bad. So, but yeah, I, 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 I think I need, I want more black label stuff, mm-hmm. but I also want people to like really get their shit together. And cause I mean, I'm a continuity guy. I want to be a continuity yeah. guy. And so I really want them to get their shit together and be like, hey, here's the new status quo, and let's hope it works. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting because, again, we, from what has been said from Fabric and Jeff Johns, they're writing it as it is continuity, but they wanted to write the story they wanted to, so they don't know if it will be. So that is an interesting concept. Tom King says he writes all his stuff as continuity, but it's in the lines of like the killing joke well, and stuff. I was like gonna that. say, remember what Tom King said also. Yeah. It is the readers that make things that make- continuity, yeah. not necessarily publishers, editors, and things like that. So yeah. if we like the story enough, DC will say oh shit, we need to actually like make this happen because mm-hmm. just like the Dark Multiverse, they're like, oh snap, we made a lot of money off of this. Let's keep doing it. And that's exactly yeah. what will happen to Three Jokers if it sells pretty well. Which I think it's going to sell like gangbusters. So 
Um, there's so many covers for it. You know, somebody's gonna buy all of them. There's like 17 covers. Seriously? I thought there was only three. Have you not seen how many Fabic has made? No. He has like every Joker, like every iconic Joker face is on a cover. Jeez. He has the are you the going? Killing are, joke. are you attempting to get all of Hell them? Hell no, no. <laughs> Some of them are amazing though. The Killing Joke one with the Hawaiian hat and stuff is really good. He has one with the Joker fish. That one looks awesome. Oh man. Like the smiling Joker fish. Yeah. Like, dude, there's some really good ones. Um, and I'm I might pick up a few, but. I ain't gonna buy all of them because I'm already buying the two the A and B already. Yeah. So I'm just like, that's already six issues that I'm buying for a three issue book. <laughs> um but yeah, no. So yeah, it'll definitely we'll see what happens. I I also enjoy the twelve issue story because once you if you collect them weekly or if you don't, when they put it in a trade, they're gorgeous. Cause they come in like these deluxe style ones and they come with a sheet cover. But then also the hardcovers also got art on it. I recently just bought the first three volumes of the deluxe version of Tom King's runs. And the art is gorgeous. Like the books themselves are gorgeous. So uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of collecting the hardcovers. So that's what I love about the 12 issue ones too. I'm very curious about how things like the Harley Quinn books that are slightly bigger, how those are going to come in trades. Because... Well, I haven't even bought the black, the Batman Damned hardcover, it, which I think there's one. Yes, there there is a hardcover. I've actually seen mm-hmm. it before in person, before all of you know Corona like took yeah. place or whatever. It's like a weird like. So do you know how most trades are rectangle? Yeah, it's a square. Okay. So it'll just come in that like format, but just hardcover. So the same as the magazine book. Thing. Yeah. The way okay. Yeah, because I was wondering if they're like oddly downsizing it or how that goes. Um, I surprisingly have not bought that one yet. Yeah, no, just imagine putting all three books, like stacking them together. Yeah. And then making the front of the first issue and the back mm-hmm. of the last issue into a hardcover. And there you go. Yeah. And it may have some extra stuff as far as like scripts and artwork and stuff like that. But essentially, yeah. that's what you're getting. Yeah, I need to get that one. Ooh, I wonder if it does have scripts. That'd be nice. Um, I will say, uh, speaking of Batman Damned and Lieber Mayhu, because he was the artist for that, he uh, recently uh, on his Instagram said that he was like, I've been waiting forever for this. And I don't know if it was something DC is releasing or if it was like an exclusive from like a comic shop in Italy or something like that. But they released uh, his story Joker in black and white. And it looks pretty awesome. Really? yeah Damn. and i was like Fuck. see i, was like, I will dope. say overseas gets a lot of those black and white mm-hmm. uh hardcover stuff uh yeah there is actually a really cool i know we are very indifferent on the story uh mm-hmm. but there's a really cool black and white uh white knight book oh. and it just looks really cool I have many of times thought about spending that over a hundred dollar amount to get that Tom King annual two hardcover. Oh man, the one with them one, on the root on the yes, it is gorgeous and it's in French. Yeah, like uh, every time, like I ever tell myself, if I ever do get to travel overseas, whenever that will be again, I want to stop in a in a freaking French uh, comic book shop to just I've, see if they have I've one. I've seen some like there's apparently like a couple of comic shops overseas like inside malls mm-hmm. that look absolutely amazing and I'm just like yeah why isn't 
are comic shops like this. Yeah. It literally looks like if if I could explain it, think of like FYE in our mall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like put comic books in it and make it almost like a uh, freaking Barnes and Noble. Yeah. So like Barnes and Noble and FYE put together and then like put it in the mall. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm pretty sure ours look all shitty because of property taxes and rent and all that kind of shit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure other countries have just different stuff on that. Um, but it's crazy because the one you used to work at, the comic shop I go to all the time, I made a video in there one time and people are blown away by the way that looks. Yeah. So like, it's crazy. What the hell? I think it's massive. Which it is a pretty massive store when you really think about it. Quote unquote, biggest comic shop in Texas per square footage. So. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> all, granted, half of it is just card tables. Yeah. But, you know, it's still, it beats the little room they used to have yeah. in the other's place. Because yeah. that little room was like two tables. And I was like, what the fuck's going on over here? And a soda machine, I think. Uh, but anyways, that's our comic shop uh but yeah so that is the three jokers news and uh you know we will definitely be covering that the moment we get our hands on it because that's going to be hella exciting but now we're going to go ahead and jump over to uh let's knock out strange adventures now there wasn't any batman in it but we've already been covering this for two issues batman's going to be in the next issue so we're just going to keep covering this Uh, we'll do some quick thoughts on it what were your thoughts on strange adventures number three um mr terrific is a badass yeah. Uh, I showed you today, or mm-hmm. I, was it today or was it yesterday? Yeah, uh, either or. Uh, I don't that remember. Tom King, Mister Ards, and Doc Shaner are all in this book. In oh yeah, yeah, in like two to three pages. Uh, but I this is very much a uh a Mister Terrific issue. Now mm-hmm. there is a very important. Uh, conversation between uh, Strange and Superman that takes place on the moon. This is in the past, of course. Uh, we see that Strange pretty much led the Pikes to war. And then as soon as they went under fire, the Zeta Beam took him back to Earth. And he's trying to find a way to get back onto that planet to help the Pikes. And he's like, Superman, you need to take me over there. The Zeta Beam won't be back for another week. You can get me there much faster. And Superman's like, yeah, no. And I'll tell you why. And the really, like, I love this, like, monologue of just, like, I, as a hero, need to choose, like, what's the best option that will protect and save more people? Mm-hmm. We, as heroes of Earth, need to be thinking of Earth first And so I'm going to tell you no. I'm not going to take you there. I know you're a good hero. You're a good person. You will find a way. And, well, that's not really how it works out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Not at all. I will say about that conversation that you just talked about with Superman, they have the most American Superman you could ever think of on this page. Of him which, on the moon. Which really, like, it really sucks just because of, like, what's going on, like, realistically. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
the whole like propaganda thing but that's what tom king is doing like he's doing it yeah. on purpose and i know he's doing mm-hmm. it on purpose and i'm like god like because like there is this huge like you don't you probably see this but not as much there's this huge debate on whether superman is an immigrant or not mm-hmm. uh Whatever your idea is. What is your take on it? My take on it is that he is because Mm -hmm. he is not from Earth. Mm -hmm. I I would agree with that. So people are like, oh, well, he's not an immigrant because he didn't cross any borders. I'm like, he went through space. (laughs) (laughs) That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's he probably crossed all of them. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, you do know a border. Like oh there is God. such thing as like, oh. like crossing a border via plane. Like yeah. that's a thing. Superman oh literally fell to Earth. He <laughs> like he doesn't legally, uh. legally from the aspect of him being Kryptonian, does not yeah. have proper paperwork from Krypton to be on earth legally like if you were to think of it in that way he is an illegal immigrant there is a huge debate that always just like the whole debate on whether batman should kill or not this the same debate for superman being an immigrant happens almost monthly and it's so stupid and there's this whole thing on whether like bat or whether superman should have this phrase that he had once upon a time i fight mm-hmm. for truth justice in the american way and because of the stupid idiot dean kane he he mm-hmm. you know that's the whole thing that tom king like pretty much like said f you to dean kane yeah. and uh dean kane said in t- in today's society superman is not allowed to be mm-hmm. an american hero and I know we're getting political here, but because it's because it's because of the story. But yeah, uh, the politics of that is based on the Constitution, the American mm-hmm. way, not this new misogynistic, like freaking KKK reasoning of what American rights yeah. are. So yes, Superman can still say that. But that doesn't mean he doesn't fight for people around the world. Like, yeah, the people are so boxed into their own thoughts and it's stupid. But mm-hmm. I really love how Tom King is throwing this in our faces in this yeah. story because we now know, and it really hit harder on this issue, that this book is based off the Mueller reports. Yeah. Uh, especially with... Uh, Mr. Terrific going on to Ron, asking for their files on this war, and wanting to get the Pikes uh, notes mm-hmm. on the war. And they're like, hey, we unfortunately could not decipher them because they're in Pikes language and we do not have anybody who knows that language. And then he's like, oh, don't worry. I learned that language on the way here. And I'm like, yeah. What? He's a badass. And, and the guy's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Nobody knows that language. Like, it's impossible. Yeah. And then Mr. Terrific literally talks in the language. And he's like, yeah, that means give me the freaking notes. 
Yeah. And then that government of Ron turns on Mr. Terrific after mm-hmm. specifically stating that they would do anything to help him be comfortable, to help him move along this uh, this investigation. They yeah. completely flipped on him. And I'm like, this is really on the nose, but it's really interesting. Yeah. It's great. I think it's fantastic. Now, I told Clay this. I was like, man, the optics of a black man having a bunch of guns pulled on him right now like, is dude, insane just, because of what's happening. Just him waking up yeah, to all these people pointing guns at him. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This could have went bad really fast. Although we know Tom King, like he likes to make up these dramatic situations. But you also, if you know anything about Mr. Terrific, he has the spheres. So, is there another a technical term for them? I always the forget. The T-spheres. Yeah, T-spheres. And, of course, they just knock the fuck out of everybody. Yeah. And uh, so, it's just this badass thing where he just opens his arms and they're like, they just fucking take out the whole people. And uh, I thought that was just awesome. Um, and then, like, he just goes straight up gangster the rest of this. Yeah, when he, issue. like, backhands the dude. Yeah. And... I like how he just gets dressed after he just knocked out all of these fucking people. Let me go put on my jacket. <laughs> I, I better get ready. Like, that shit was awesome. And, uh, yeah, so he, of course, like, he just took out all these soldiers. So the, like, I guess president of Ron is, who is also the father-in-law to Adam Strange, was like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Like, this is hostility and blah, blah, blah. And he, this guy's kind of asserting his dominance over being Mr. Terrific. And he's all like, you can't do that here. And he slaps Mr. Terrific. And just like any any man that is being disrespected that is, you know, going to stand up for themselves, he just looks at him and knocks him the fuck out. And I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah, and he's like, and I just, he's like, like, what do you think uh, fair play means? And I told you this. I was like, yeah. Mr. Terrific, you're <laughs> on a different planet. They don't know your catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> I pity the fool. As Mr. T just says it to everybody. Uh, but I fucking love it, man. Like, this was great. Uh, fucking. He just, he, I, it's, again, this is also like a bunch of three panels again. Uh, if you guys have not paid attention to this book, uh, Tom King's been doing every page in almost three panels. So you get a lot of art on this. And the, the freaking panel where he's just slapping him, it's just like so forceful. And it's a backhand, too. So he's getting backhanded, and this guy's like, "Ooh!" He just he slaps his glasses break, like yeah, and like just the visual because of like the the lighting and everything else just makes it look that much like forceful, and you're like, "Holy crap! What is he getting himself into?" But like the biggest thing is the ending, Mm -hmm. because Mister Terrific is clear he's not welcome on Ryan anymore, so he. Goes back home, and lo and behold, like freaking, what's her name? I can't remember her name. Uh, yeah, uh, Mrs. Strange. Mrs. Strange. Uh, yeah, is in Alana. Yeah, is in his house. Yeah, and at this point, I'm like, she is in contact with everyone. Mm-hmm. And this, like, I. I really, really, like, spoilers for our conversation when we talked about Identity Crisis. Mm -hmm. I am getting huge Identity Crisis vibes. 
That would be interesting. Like she, um, she is this like actually like conniving, conniving yeah, psychopath. Conniving. So I, I don't. Yeah, know. this is very interesting because so what is she like? Uh, the very last page is uh, Mr. Trivik saying, Mrs. Strange, it's late. I've traveled far, and this is my house. Uh, don't know how you got in here, but uh, but now you better get the hell out. And then there's a quote uh, from Harvey uh, Kurtzman uh, that Tom King puts in the middle panel, and then it says, Michael, it's time for you to be done. And then it goes to her past self that says, yes, always and everything for Ron. So it's just saying... Kind of like, you know, again, going back to politics, that each side will do whatever it needs to do to make sure they win. Yeah. No matter how diabolical, no matter how what. If you are not somebody that, if you're listening to this and you're outside, I know we do, we actually, we actually do have international uh, listeners. We appreciate you. If you don't know what, the, this Mueller report thing was huge here. And I'm pretty sure you heard about it. If you didn't, you don't care about politics. It was massive here. And there were things about hiding information. People were lying for people. And it was just a, it's it's a massive thing. And it's like a lot, it's, people say it's going to be something that's going to affect America for the next decade or so. Because that's how much lying was going on. Yeah. So hearing that that's what Tom King is writing about in here is very interesting. Now, I kind of want to know this because I'm pretty sure Tom King said this before. And I don't know if it still happens, and it, I'm, I'm assuming if it is still happening, it's going to happen for the rest of his life. But apparently, he has to send his scripts to the government to be read. Yeah. Because he's former CIA, so he can't be just giving out secrets or anything like that. So, like, I wonder if somebody's like, hmm. I wonder if he wrote anything, like, crazier, and then they're just like, hey, whoa, bro, you're getting, you're getting a little close to our but secrets. See, <laughs> like, at the same time, like, I don't think he would get too much in trouble with this because I mean, mm-hmm. he is like, I'm sure he still has connections in the CIA. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say that he has been completely like burned on the mm-hmm. CIA, but like he is technically not working for the CIA. So That's I true. think that like he is seeing this from the outside, mm-hmm. but has a little bit of insider as far as experience. So yeah. he can probably write it as far as like the investigator maybe being a little too inside. But a lot of the the on-the-nose stuff, a lot of these CIA agents that are reading his script are probably like, yeah, this is exactly what we're going through. This is pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, and I wonder if it's the same person every time. Like, what if they're like a comic book fan? They're like, oh, shit, I got the new Top King script. (laughs) And he's like reading it like in advance. He's like had the whole story. Like, he already knows how it ends and shit. Like, he's like, oh, shit. Uh, that would be fucking hilarious. But yeah, I don't. I don't DC think he's like hiding anything. Leaked by CIA. Wait, what? Right. <laughs> it just spoils the whole ending. Oh like they fucking God. Last of Us it and shit. And they're like, oh come on, are you kidding me? Oh, um, but yeah, so like I don't know. Uh, like I've stated many a times on this podcast, yes, I am a big, huge Tom King fan. If you don't think I ever criticize him, listen to the last episode. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, I will say these political stories, these things that relate to real world shit that I do pay attention to, I love this correlation. I know it's not for everybody. I know a lot of people aren't a big fan of Tom King, but this is the kind of shit I love. Um, I'm not happy with the current stuff that people may be loving, but these kind of stories that I can relate to that have these like underlying meanings or relations to something that happened in the real world, I fucking absolutely love. So Strange Adventures is 
as of right now, still getting a lot of love from me. Um, but going on from that, we are going to let's just knock it out of the way now. <laughs> Dark Knight's <laughs> Legends. Now, Clay's going to take the, the he's going to take the steering wheel on this one because I'm not going to lie to you guys. I like to be transparent on here. I skimmed this shit like I, I literally from my comic shop. I they put this in my box and I was like, bro. And I literally had to tell the guy that gave me these books. I was like, dude, I just talked to uh, your boss uh, like two weeks ago. And I said, don't put any of this Dark Knight stuff in my box. I was like, I don't want any more of it. I'm not going to buy it. And I put it across the table. I still bought it because the guy was like, all right, bro, I'm going to be honest with you. He's like, you're going to pay six bucks here. I was like, what? If you want to flip this thing on eBay right now, it's going for like $30. He was like, so I'm just going to throw that information out there for you if you want to buy it. And I was like, and I checked. I got on eBay. I was like, ah, he's right. I was like, I'll buy it. So I bought this shit and I sold it for $21. So I made some profit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay. But so the really big reason why it is being flipped for that much is we get a little bit more insight on this whole, uh, Manhattan who laughs is mm-hmm. is what Bat-Hatton. Bat-Hatton. Batman Hatton or or whatever they're it's just Batman Manhattan yeah Batman Hatton yeah that's how you say it. yeah Batman Hatton uh because technically when we saw it in Death Metal we only saw like right before they put the brain in the body of this skeleton Manhattan or whatever you want to call it or the husk of Manhattan mm-hmm. uh. And then after. This is during the whole process of doing the surgery. Uh, with the other Alfreds. Uh, that are uh, doing this surgery on him. And it's a huge monologue of uh, the Batman who laughs as of right now. He talks about who he was. Who he turned into after the whole fact of you know his origin story. Which we got in the other uh, Metal series two years ago. And we, you know, basically learn everything that we already know because of Zach, uh, uh, mm-hmm. of Scott Snyder's uh, Justice League run. That's basically all of that. But then he goes into the story of, oh, but I had one more card up my sleeve. And tells this story about Bruce Wayne being uh, a scientist going into this uh, machine Batman who laughs closes the door behind him and he turns him into Manhattan. Uh, mm-hmm. And he actually kills him right before he gets too powerful and absorbs all the power of Dr. Manhattan. This is when I texted Juice and said, you are going to hate this book. Because one of the biggest things that yeah. we have had the biggest issue with Batman who laughs is he is way too overpowered. Mm-hmm. He had this whole ideal of like, oh, Batman is always 10, uh, 10 steps ahead. Well, I'm always 100 steps ahead. Now, literally, he is an infinite number of steps ahead. Literally. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if anybody knows Dr. Manhattan, he has the power to see an unlimited amount of futures he can Mm -hmm. he can see the present future and past all at the exact same time uh so 
uh, he talks about this and he talks about how he t uh, saw the multiverse and he saw a whole new range of Batman. And if you look, you see a Ra's al Ghul Batman, yeah. you see a Lex Luthor Batman, you see a Court of Owls Batman, you see uh, Bane Batman, a Bane Freeze Batman. Uh, you also see uh, the uh, who is the like the primal Batman from like the uh, when he was going through time, the caveman. Yeah, I forget, I forget what it was called, but yeah, there's like a somewhat of a Batman like that in the uh, <clears throat> in the Bruce Wayne travel story. And you you see <clears throat> a whole mess of Batman basically, and you know he's then talking about how he is going to basically, <clears throat> excuse me, he's basically. Uh, planning to uh, double cross Perpetua and yeah. become the 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 father mother the god of the multiverse basically. Mm -hmm. That's the first story. That's how yeah. we start well, this. This is how we start this book off. And I'm yes. just like fuck <laughs> this book. So I want to go back to one. I don't like. Scott Snyder again. We, I mentioned it earlier on this podcast. I feel like Jeff Johns's Doomsday Clock was a good successor successor to Watchmen. I feel like Scott Snyder saw that and he was like, "I want to play in that sandbox," and he's just destroying everything. And he's like, "I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and I want to use Manhattan." And it's just like DC was like, "Cool." The weird thing about this is DC. And Tom King said this on on uh, the podcast Word Balloon because he was going to use Dr. Manhattan in the button. And DC was like, look, we can't let everybody use Manhattan because then he's going to get oversaturated and nobody's going to give a, like, a shit. So we got to really be very like limited with him. They let Jeff Johns use him. And then uh, he, he got to, I think that was his first appearance was in Doomsday Clock, right? Like yeah. after Watchmen. So Jeff Johns uses him and now like, fucking snyder's using him any chance he gets it feels like and it's like bro it's manhattan like he's fucking supposed to be he's like dark side they, level. they technically used manhattan in the button without seeing him yeah because the whole thing of reverse flash dying was because of a blue mm -hmm. light and everybody knows that blue light is the way of dr manhattan's powers so he yeah. technically got to use him but without using him yeah, but my biggest thing with this is we saw the Batman who laughs kill this Bruce Wayne, this Batman Hatton, instantly with what it says in this panel. It took seconds for my energy knife to lobotomize him before he grew powerful enough to see me coming. Now, uh, so what happens here? And if anybody remembers this from the Watchmen movie, because they do almost the same thing yes. that happened in the Watchmen movie where he goes into the room, he gets disintegrated, and it says it takes months for him to be able to reform his body. Mm -hmm. And Batman Who Laughs lobotomizes him immediately. So in the movie, he talked about how he was able to feel every cell and he was able to bring himself back together. Yeah. Why would he not see this coming? Why would he not be able to repair himself? And how the fuck was it that easy? 
You know what I mean? This knife this, doesn't even look special. It's not even glowing. This is just like, just like, like a that, butter knife. It's just a stupid MacGuffin that he's like, oh, I don't need to make it make sense. I just need to show mm. it. And yeah. that is bullshit. Yeah. And uh, it's so stupid because in this panel, he's like turning back to human and then he kills him and then he's all blue again. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. So this is like why I don't like Snyder having bat like just Manhattan because I feel like he's like, oh, well, everybody else got to well, play like with them. The, I want to The play really with them. big thing was that like the Watchmen was never supposed to be a part of the DC universe. Mm-mm. The worlds were only supposed to collide, which they did in Doomsday Clock, and then everything got turned back to normal with just a better outcome on the Watchmen side of things. Yeah. This is probably the reason why they didn't want the Watchmen to be dealt with in the DC universe. Yeah. Yeah. So, um,. That's where we started. Uh, I will say I did read this next issue that is about the Robin King, which uh, just to, you know, TLDR, I don't know what that means, but people use it when they want to give, you know, quick synopsis of things. Uh, Bruce Wayne as basically the Joker, pretty much as a a Joker style kid. Yeah, Yeah, as a child, he uh, murders workers that work for his family. He kills cats. Uh, stuff like that, which is apparently very... If you have a kid that kills animals, apparently that's very, like, psycho. They're probably going to be a murderer when they grow up. So, um, sorry, any parents that have that happening. Um, but uh, that's just something that they showcase in here. And then we see that uh, Bruce, little Bruce, kills basically Joe Chill in the alleyway that the night that his parents are supposed to die... He kills Joe Chill. His parents are like, what the fuck? And then he takes the gun from Joe Chill and kills his parents. Yeah. And then he he makes it seem like, oh, he was the victim when the cops come and everything like that. Yeah. And I'm just like, pretty sadistic. And I'm, I'm on board with it and everything like that. And then it shows that Bruce is looking up his parents' assets that are all about to be his. And, you know, freaking uh, Alfred's just like, this kid is crazy. <laughs> and Gordon comes over because somebody anonymous, anonymous you know, uh, sent him some shit. Yeah. Anonymously. Low key. There you go. Uh, and it was obviously Alfred. And uh, Gordon's there. He's like, oh, yeah, like we're here. Gets a freaking arrow through the throat. From a crossbow, and, yeah. Yeah, from freaking Bruce. And he's all like, ah, well, that's in the throat. He ain't coming back from that. And Alfred's just like, motherfucker. And he's like, runs away. And what, like, Alfred's ready to fight. He's like, all right, this is going to go down. And Bruce comes out of the window, which I will say this is kind of cool because it's in the study. He breaks through the window like the bat did when Bruce became Batman. So I'll give them that. I like that homage there. I think that's pretty cool. What I don't understand is he's a Robin. And he's not Batman. Yeah. How and where did that come from? I is what that's I'm the one thing curious. that makes that that kind of threw me off in this whole story. I mean, the yeah. ending is basically he jumps to the window and then he kills Alfred, and then yeah. he's just like, "All right, cool, I'm the Robin King," and you're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. Uh, so that story was written by uh, Tomasi, but it mm-hmm. was, I mean, 
if Tomasi can write this story, what the fuck is he doing in Detective? I think he's being controlled. I think he's being forced to write what I think they were like, hey, you need to end here. So we don't give a fuck about what you're doing over here. Yeah. Like, cause, cause the arc of night was great. I thought that arc yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Everything after that. Eh. So I think that he, they just told him like, I just re- you're going to end I here. I just remembered that right after, uh, the Arkham Knight story, there was a Mr. Freeze story. And then we're about yeah. to talk about Mr. Freeze in the Batman book yeah. right now. It's going to be yeah. great. <laughs> yeah so like oh man i don't know um but which technically he's still on ice right now yeah he should be technically uh but you know the next story is literally two pages um Mm -hmm. which is this whole like b-rex thing uh it really didn't have to be in this this book it was just two pages it was a monologue of hey look there is a Batman in a Batman consciousness inside of a T-Rex, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But the big one that we kind of laughed at before we started recording here was this whole idea of this older Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's, that's an old Bruce Wayne. That must mean that that's Terry. No, it's Damien. This is a story yeah. of Damien becoming Robin. I mean, becoming Batman. Uh, while Bruce kind of just is retired. But Damien can't handle it. And so Bruce tells him this story about how there was once this uh, this ritual that was held in Gotham. And it protected the city. And he's like, okay, well, that sounds a little weird. Uh you know who should we sacrifice and bruce kind of gives him this look and he's like oh okay i understand bruce kills damien uses his blood for this ritual goes into this like satanic little emblem Mm -hmm. and literally becomes the soul of gotham yeah and that's the end of the story (laughs) yeah he talks about how to protect his city, he needs to basically become the city. He becomes a city and destroys it. Yeah. So, pretty counterproductive. But, um, yeah, it was uh, pretty dumb. And as I was reading this, I was like, okay, the pages are really like starting to like dwindle down. I only have like a few pages left. And the... Uh, Batmobile, the the whole Batmobile thing was only two mm-hmm. pages long. I was like, how in the world is there any story after this? Uh, which the Batmobile, there Bruce Wayne made a whole bunch of huge robotic technology technological uh, uh, inventions that all had his consciousness in them, and the Batmobile was the only one that survived. Is basically yeah. that story, uh, and then Batman's consciousness is thrown into, like, being, uh, I, I can't remember, like, exactly what it is, uh, but it's, uh, basically talking about how he can be immortal, mm-hmm. and apparently he was not supposed to become a baby right off the bat, he was supposed to just be yeah. in a younger body, so that way he could still take care of Gotham, 
but he comes out as a baby with a head that's way too big for his body. They actually make fun of this by, like, the baby actually falling down the stairs. It's actually kind of, like, very disturbing. You're like, oh, snap, that baby is probably dead now. Mm-hmm. And Bruce is talking this whole time because he has the consciousness of, like, an older Batman. And yeah. he's saying, okay, let's see what I have to work with. Small arms, small legs, head heavier than body, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, well, there's one thing that I have that's my ultimate weapon. And then he cries, and that's the end. Yeah. I don't understand this book. Yeah. You want to know what the worst part of this story is? What? This was drawn by Joelle Jones. Oof. That's a waste of an artist. Oof. Such a waste. She should have drawn the first story. And that would have been amazing. I would have been okay with that. Yeah. But, like, such a... Like, we barely get Joelle Jones in DC nowadays. And you're gonna fucking waste it on a big-headed baby story? Like, come on, man. Like, you could have at least gave her I, like, something. I I understand that Marvel does it, too. Marvel does it, too. Mm-hmm. The big thing for these companies is what is the next big thing and let's drive it into the ground until it's dead and then bring up the next big thing. This is what these companies do. They want to make money. But to make these Dark Knights and not even really tell a story, because here's the problem. They went all out with a Batman-themed Justice League Mm -hmm. with the Dark Knights in metal that had full stories to themselves. Yeah. 20-page stories. Each one of... Fleshed-out stories. Fleshed-out stories. Every single person other than the Batmanhattan and the Robin King all had two-page stories. Yeah. Yeah. You, I was... can't get anything from these characters. I can't say... See, and this is the one thing that I hate about these, like, freaking people who say that no matter what happens in the book, they absolutely love Snyder. And Mm -hmm. Snyder could literally write a letter as dialogue and they would love it. Yeah. People, I bet you anything, if I look hard enough, people will say that this story with the baby is the best thing that DC has ever written. Because, because there's people like that. Yeah, Lit- literally, agree. in Marvel, the uh, a couple months ago, uh, there was a Thor issue where Thor was set, was saving species on different planets. There was literally a panel that described Thor saving these uh, this planet, but the only thing on that planet was uh, telepathic bears. Mm-hmm. And they were walking on the rainbow bridge of Asgard. Mm-hmm. And there was actual good story that progressed the story. And there was a really big cliffhanger at that at the end of the issue. Wow. Everyone wanted a one-shot of the bears. Because they're like care bears? And no, they were like legit bears. They're not like they're oh. not like walking on two feet and talking. They're mm-hmm. legit bears. They don't speak at all in the panel. Yeah. 
they were just literally walking and everybody's like oh my god these bears are amazing and i'm like how would you know they're amazing they don't say anything they don't do anything they're literally mm-hmm. walking and you think it's the best thing since sliced bread but that's yeah, how that some fans of comics will say these things about this book and then dc will take that and be like oh there's 30 million people saying that this sucks but there's one person that really loves the idea of a Hot Wheels Batmobile. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'll sell. I mean, look, it's been proven throughout time. Uh, you know, Joel Schumacher, rest in peace, uh, said that a lot of his stuff for like the Batman and Robin stuff was like, hey, we need to sell this toy, so you need to put it in this movie. So we know that that happens, and it's very possible that it happens in the comic books too. Because now, now I think executives are getting very smart to like, oh, it has to happen in the comic first and then we could put it in a movie. So let's start throwing that shit in comic books first. So now the hardcore nerd fans are like, well, technically it's canon because it happened in issue 42 in the event, you know, whatever, you know. Well, I will say that's technically not true with everything. Really? Yeah. Nightmare Batman from BVS came out first and then tom king put it in his book uh i'm i feel like like i agree with that but i always assume that that nightmare batman was stolen from grant morrison's nightmare to damien though i feel like it's the same vibes i never picked that up because it's trench coat it's trench coat batman yeah, I never picked that up. Huh. Yeah. So I've always I always got that vibe from that. I was like, okay, it's just Bruce Wayne. Instead of but, Damien. You know, wow. That's what they do that for That went right over my head. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so like I've always I've always came off with that. But let's go ahead and uh, we're gonna jump over to uh Tom Taylor, another Tom we enjoy on this podcast, for uh deceased. Cause I, did this come out last week or this week? No, it came out. It came out. Uh, it came out this week. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I just wanted to make sure because I picked up two weeks worth of comics, so I was like, uh, it's issue it number two. Week? Yeah. 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 All right. Let's go. Um, I enjoyed this issue. I will say that. I will say that Clay was like, "What the fuck?" He told me what the fuck when I was reading this, so I was expecting something really big to happen. Something big does happen in this, but it kind of. I told Clay, I was like. Ugh. Kind of got a little predictable at this point. So, um, yeah, do you want to go ahead and carry on with this one? Yeah, so right off the bat, we get to see Roy Harper is surviving. Yeah. Uh, has survived this entire time. But unfortunately, literally dies within the first five pages. <laughs> which I yeah. think is super heartbreaking because mm-hmm. uh, Fire, uh, she comes and she is all zombified by the anti-life equation kills him and then seconds after he is dead lo and behold red hood is along with this other team yeah and tom taylor does not do anything about that that's the one Mm -hmm. thing that i didn't like about this is that he like i know i understand that red hood is probably like okay i just need to save these people and we just need to like settle the situation Mm -hmm. but roy harper and red hood have a really, really, like, long-lasting friendship and work relationship. Especially with him being a part of the Outlaws in New 52. And yeah. 
them just being outlaws, them being, they were best friends. And when Mm -hmm. crisis happened, when heroes in crisis happened, they were heroes so much to the point, or they were friends so much to the point where Batman, who actually hated Jason at that moment because of what happened Mm -hmm. with Penguin, stopped, found Jason and said, hey, I just wanted to tell you Roy's dead. Yeah. Like, that is a really important relationship. And mm-hmm. for Tom to kind of miss that, it kind of bothered me a little bit. But yeah. it quickly got turned around being able to see a pretty badass Zatanna taking out yeah. uh, fire. Um, we get to see Swamp Thing being super badass. He's like, hey, I need you to come along with me. And Constance is like, um, we're a little busy here. And then with a snap of a finger, freaking everything's dead. Yeah, And John is even like, okay, you should have started with that, and then maybe mm-hmm. I could have listened to you a little bit better, you know? Yeah. But uh, he is saying that there is a uh, garden on mm-hmm. in Australia. Uh, but he, he does state that there is this garden, and they're like, okay, yeah, we know about the garden. That's Poison Ivy. He's like, no, 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 not that one. There's one in Australia, and we need to go see it. And they end up going... But before they do, they actually, uh, they send half of the heroes back to the garden where Harley and Ivy are, and the rest of them are going to be going to Australia. Uh, freaking, uh, at this point, uh, with, with Ivy's garden, we see that Dr. Fate has actually brought his Tower of Fate, uh, within the garden, uh, and there are individuals heading to the... Uh, garden quickly we realize now that that is the new wonder woman Superboy or superman and batman being damien mm-hmm. and also canary holding a anti-life green arrow which is super heartbreaking uh yeah but i was like hey he's not allowed here i'm not gonna risk everybody else's life just because you want to hold on to this fond memory of your husband and that's yeah. when they say oh well there's a cure we need to move towards this cure. And everybody's like, are you freaking kidding me? We killed mm-hmm. friends, family, and millions of others. And you're telling me now that there's a cure? Yeah. And Cyborg is like, yeah, there is. But all all they told, all they Wonder Woman told me, or this anti-life talking through Wonder Woman, told me that I was the cure. They didn't tell me anything mm-hmm. else. So we now know that they're going to be working towards that. We get a weird kiss from Cassandra and Damien. Yeah. And I kind of want to know if there's like a like thruple or triangle going on. Because Mm -hmm. she seems very devastated that John is hurt. Uh, And she kind of is like broken down because of that. Uh, I think she's also kind of broken down at the fact that there is a cure and, like, all of the Amazons are probably dead right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's not really fleshed out all that well. But Damien's all like, hey, if you ever need anything, yeah. just let me know. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Zatanna, Blue Devil, Ragman, uh, and... Detective Chimp, as well as Swamp Thing, go to Australia. They notice that this place, this garden thing, is surrounded by hellfire. 
and a pool of blood or a moat of blood mm -hmm. and there's millions of uh, anti-life surrounding it and they're like okay well we'll just go from above and we're all good and they're like oh shit that's not blood that's plastic man and yeah. this is where the oh shit moment happened mm -hmm. uh where uh freaking plastic man uses his abilities uh as probably anti-life to literally stab everybody in the head yeah except for uh swamp thing and constantine constantine and he looks like he's about to eat them and yeah. that's where everything ends. But the one thing that I did notice is uh, at the very end, when it says next, a great evil, we mm -hmm. see three silhouettes that are probably in that building watching everything happen. Yeah. So. Do you think, uh, who do you think they are? I have no clue. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know. They're obviously, they're made not to look very detailed for a reason. Um, did we see Black Adam die already? We saw him in the, uh, in the, uh, the side yeah, stories, the, right? The, the, the hope yeah. at world. I didn't read all those. Yeah. So yeah. he is, he is technically infected. Oh, okay. Uh, we don't know the ending of that story. I haven't read it yet. It's already downloaded on my tablet though. Um, cause a lot of the big people have died already. Yeah. The big guns. So like, well, that's the thing because Swamp Thing said that it's a garden. Mm -hmm. There is nobody other than him and Poison Ivy that are connected to the green. Ah, uh, Floronic Man is. Oh shit! So it could be a Floronic Man, um, right? Because we know he from the Swamp Thing show has gotten really big. He was in that movie with Poison Ivy, the animated movie. Dude, this so. is in Australia. Mm -hmm. We just saw the Suicide Squad in Tom Taylor's book with the freaking, uh, uh, what's that team called? The the Oh, the Revolutionaries? What if it's the Revolutionaries? That would be interesting. That would be great crossover. Um, because didn't you say one of them, they've been in the books already before? So Wink and Ari are mm -hmm. in the Hope at World's End. Mm -hmm. That was like their debut into the deceased world. Yeah. So, if so, they exist technically. They, so they exist. We don't know if anybody else does. Yeah. So, I think that would be kind of cool. Uh, it would be interesting to see why they had Plastic Man as like this like booby trap type thing, yeah. or how they were able to control him like that. Um, mm -hmm. I have something to show you at the, oh. uh, after we talk about, like, after we get off the air, uh, yeah. just because I was sent a preview of the next issue oh. and it's semi spoilers, uh, within ah, okay. the first, uh, four pages or whatever that they sent me. Sorry. y'all. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I will say this, uh, if you want to know, uh, go check out, uh, the comic book Legion podcast twitter i did post uh two pages from it and then i posted oh, nice. uh one of each of the covers that's going to come out for it so you get the two covers and then two little teaser uh, photos but those two teaser photos 
kind of mm-hmm. give away spoilers for what might come next. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I do want to play devil's advocate though, with your, um, just to kind of give some Tom Taylor, some love or some backup here with the red hood thing. Uh, I will say Roy Harper got pretty incinerated there. So, you know, they go in their guns blazing. So it's very possible that oh, he probably you know, didn't even know that it was Roy. Yeah, he probably didn't. Cause one, we noticed that he didn't even know Damien was still alive. So it's possible he didn't even know Roy was still alive. Yeah, true. So, you know, just to just to give a little bit of some love to Tom Taylor. Um, but yeah, it, that is a very big relationship. But I'm pretty sure if we really wanted to, like, really comb through his stuff, I'm pretty sure he's missed some relationships through a lot yeah, of stuff. Probably. Yeah, probably. So, uh, but yeah, I do. I That was a good call, though. Um, so, yeah, now we're going to jump over to Batman, which is 96. Yep. Uh, 96, Joker War Part 2. <sighs> okay. Okay. All right. Look, guys. Look. Oh, man. Clay texted me. I think he texted me. Or, I don't know if we were both at work. Yeah, right? we, we were at work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What did you tell me? I said, uh, I, oh, man, what did I say? I have to look at the actual thing, dude. Yeah. I don't know if he told me that you're going to hate this book. Or this book is stupid. I forgot, but I'm just going to go ahead and talk about it. So we start off in Gotham City years from now, and it is this futuristic Gotham that Batman wanted. And we've, we've talked about the stupid bright blue suit that we've seen that nobody on the Internet seems to enjoy. And we know that this is a dream sequence because Batman got gassed in the last issue. And uh, in this new Gotham it seems like Bruce has control of everything to the point where if you are about to get run over because your stupid face is looking at a phone, you will get a Batman alert saying like, yo, watch out. And uh, it'll keep you from getting run over by a train or something. And that's what we see here because there is a speeding van that is uh, that has a polar bear on it that says the uh, Mr. Freeze and Sons. And Batman is chasing this van on his cool, you know, it's a cool-looking bat bike. I'll say that. Um, I will say George Jimenez does hit the best he can to make this bat suit look good, but it's still just, it's just too bright. It's just too bright. And uh, what happens is, you know, we get this cool action scene of this van, this van freaking drifting, and out comes Mr. Freeze and his two sons. I'm doing air quotes. He uh, tells Batman to chill out, but uh, we get the names of these kids, and the names are, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ice Pop and Snow Cone. Yeah, so I didn't text you. I actually walked over to you and said something, Yeah. because I just looked through all my texts. I didn't actually text you, but I, I yeah. just told you, uh, wait until you read Batman 96 with mr freeze that's what i said this is so bad yeah it's really bad really bad. because snow cone and ice pop like are you shitting me well because the thing is so it looks like the older one which i believe is ice pop maybe or snow cone i don't don't care whoever it is at first glance looks a little shorter than Mr. Freeze, and looks like 
they have long hair. So I yeah, it looks like a so girl. I immediately thought, oh snap, he is playing along with Tomasi's run with mm-hmm. the wife, Mrs. Yeah. Freeze, or whatever she ended up calling herself. So mm-hmm. I was like, cool. And then I read it, and I'm like, what? Like, yeah, this is. I I I understand that there's probably a lot of ice villains and a lot of ice heroes that yeah. a lot of names are probably already taken. But mm-hmm. Ice Pop and Snow yeah. Cone? Yeah. Like, they, Snow Cone, they went for Snow Cone is a Teen Titans name. Mm-hmm. Like, just, yeah. like, that's somebody who should be on the Teen Titans. Like, you can't tell me a villain's like, yeah, and I'm Snow Cone. Yeah. No. I, I yeah. It took me out of the book. Like, it literally Ye- took me out. It was, it was pretty bad. And, like, um, I mean, spoilers for the book, though, and this is just a fantasy, but they're not really Freeze's kids, so they don't know where these kids came from or whatever. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, they have long... One of them has long hair, which does look like a girl, and Mr. Freeze says, my boys! So I'm just like, oh, that's kind of confusing, but hey, you know, it's 2020. Uh, you know, taste their own. But still, I was just like, uh, all right, whatever. And, of course, Batman beats Freeze and whatever. Um, but, yeah, this was... The dialogue was... It was so campy. It was so campy. It was so campy. But I, like... And the really bad thing is... That was the whole point. Was mm. that Tinian was thinking... Oh, you know, Bruce and Alfred were dreaming of this... You know, one day that, you know... There's gonna barely be any need for Batman. And he's gonna be able to wear this bright suit because he's no longer working in the shadows and like all this stuff and i'm like why the whole point of like a day without batman would be that he gets to be bruce Mm -hmm. not batman so yeah having this happen and what happens next i will say is great for Mm -hmm. our 52nd like our year anniversary Considering yeah. our first episode. Mm-hmm, for sure. So um, so what happens next? Well, I do want to point out that, um, you know, just again, I try to be as unbiased as possible. Uh, in this, though, Bruce is fighting these people and he's he's this is the first time he's worn the suit in a month, according to Alfred, who is actually in this dream sequence. Yeah. And so it's an older Alfred. It's actually an older Bruce who is giving off, um, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earth Superman vibes because yeah. of the hair. And uh, uh, Kingdom Come Superman also. Yeah, yeah. So um, very much those vibes. And so you have this Bruce and Alfred uh, kind of connection, and they're talking to each other like, oh, it's been good. And, um, you know, he talks about Barbara and other technology, and they even mention Harper here, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Yeah. It's Because we've talked many a times, like, why haven't they done anything with Harper? And uh, so I, I like that little nudge. But the cool thing is they're walking up the stairs to probably go eat some cucumber sandwiches or something. And what happens is, and I thought this was kind of cool, you hear a snap. Yeah. And Bruce turns around. He's like, what? And you see a deflated Alfred head on a body. And it turns into like a Joker smile. And Joker and Bruce is like, no. And uh, he's like, you know, that's realizing that he's coming out of the dream. Now, the reason why Clay says this is kind of cool is because a year ago, you know, 
we started this because Tom King killed Alfred in his book. <laughs> yeah. So it is just nice, just a nice full circle that we are covering a Batman issue and Alfred was in it and basically snapped his neck again. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a uh, pretty crazy, but just thank you DC for perfectly setting that up for this Batman news weekly podcast. Um, uh, next, we find out we're in Gotham present day, and we see Harley Quinn that saved Batman here. Yeah. And I thought this was kind of cool. Harley saved herself. She was able to, you know, we thought, you know, she fell in the doo-doo water with her neck bleeding out and everything like that, and she sutured herself up, which I really hope Harley's not going to have a fucking scar the rest of her career in comics, because I'm somebody that hates the rotten tattoo in the movies and i hate seeing it every time and i don't want to see a scar across her neck and granted i know it's comics but even with bruce wayne sometimes we see him with scars and we don't yeah you know what i mean so like i'm hoping somebody doesn't always incorporate this with harley although i love the way she's drawn here i think she looks great but again it's humanist he's fucking amazing yeah um and we just see harley talking to batman like she's like i saved you i got you out of there all that jazz and then we have these montages of just Joker's people fucking up the city. That like he's been out doing for everything. three days, I think, is, is what yeah, yeah, Harley multiple says. multiple days, for sure. And um, so, uh, you know, she's asking, where's the cat lady? Because she wants to know where Selena's at. Uh, she thought, you know, Selena would be right next to his side. Um, I told, there was a cover that came out that I mentioned to Clay that I think right now the reason we're not seeing Catwoman is because they're giving her a boob job in the secret villain place. Jimenez does, you know, just... He took some liberties. (laughs) Yeah, he did. (laughs) (laughs) He he took some liberties with some Selena bus sizes. It's New 52 Selena body, apparently. Yeah, for sure. Um, so... Now, the, when we turn the page after Harley's talking about the destruction... We get the introduction to the Clown Hunter. Now, I will say, this was an interesting introduction. I thought it was kind of cool, although I still think the Clown Hunter is a stupid name. But in this context, it makes sense. Because it looks like it's a random Gotham kid that's trying to protect his family. And he somehow got his hands on a Batarang. And it's tied to a bat. And he says he's going to kill as many clowns as he can. So this is interesting from the perspective of if your city was being overrun with just terrible people and the only thing you could do to survive and protect your family is protect them by killing, a la kind of like The Walking Dead and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, you'd probably do something like this. And it's a comic book. It's in Batman. You'd probably make a persona so people get scared of you. So this is interesting. As much as we as I've shit on the clown hunter and said that's stupid, this was actually kind of cool. It's one of the reasons why you should always wait until something comes out. Doesn't mean it's not going to be shit going forward, but for now, I thought this was a cool introduction. Yeah, I think um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he thinks of heroes because yeah. for one, if he's willing to kill people, I don't yeah. think he's really big on Batman. But mm-hmm. he is using a batarang to kill them so it's it'll be interesting to see what batman thinks of this of course he'll probably think that it's no good he shouldn't be a part of this team whatnot yeah and then this guy is like well you weren't here for three days and i had to do things myself so we'll we'll see how all that works out yeah 
I'm making a prediction now that Batman's going to find out, find out about this kid. This kid's going to change his ways and he is going to be that ghost hunter or ghost whatever that's supposed to happen in issue 100 to keep this character going. Hmm. That's my prediction. Because there's supposed to be another character that comes out in 100. Yeah. And I think Tinian's probably going to want this character to go on. But he knows Clown Hunter won't be able to do that. Especially if they're killing the Joker like our prediction is. Yeah. And, um, you know, if he wants him to carry on, you know, to make more money, make more series. He'll turn into this ghost thing or whatever. Um, so this next part, I understand it. But I also kind of got like, eh, why would he do this? Uh, Harley's shining a light in Bruce's eyes to see if he's okay, and he slaps the fuck out of her. Um, it does seem like he's slapping her hand away, but it's so forceful. She's like, ah! And she's like flying across the room. Um, I felt like... Yeah, I, I understand that he's like kind of dazed and shit, so he probably doesn't want a flash in his face, but like yeah, Harley just saying You know, this life. is where the, the bullshit headline that we kind of laughed about earlier about this whole like, mm-hmm. oh... You know, this issue proves that Punchline is so much better than Joker or Batman. Yeah. And it's basically stating that, like, this is Punchline's toxin and not Joker's toxin. And so, of course, that means that Batman hasn't built an immunity for it. And so that's why it's really fucking with his head. And so we see him really hallucinate throughout the rest of this issue. Uh, But then we see a broadcasting of uh the man that was with joker in the last issue at the theater Mm -hmm. the movie theater clerk he has a zorro z cut into his face a really nice Mm -hmm. touch and he is basically telling people where to go which is the theater yeah but uh and then uh the last line that he's supposed to read is uh uh, prepare for the final shot being the gun that's attached to the camera and shoots him. Uh, yeah. Batman hallucinates his parents getting murdered by their neck snapping, which mm-hmm. is super weird. Um, because it's almost as if like the neck snap is being triggered like for a Joker memory, but the whole neck snapping thing is with Bane, so that's why I got a little confused with this whole thing. Uh, yeah. But... I digress. Uh, Batman, pretty much, like I said, is hallucinating, isn't listening to Harley whatsoever. Uh, he's able to take out a whole lot of, like, clown people, uh, the the, mm-hmm. the Joker goons or whatever, on his way to the theater. Sees that the theater is full of Joker's old, like, like body count, basically. Everybody that he has killed yeah. uh, is who is sitting in the theater as of right now. And he is somehow controlling them because we still don't know how he controls these dead bodies. Um, he is controlling yeah. them to fight Batman, and that's how the issue ends. Yeah, so um, I do want to point out something that I usually, usually bitch about in comic books, and I will say was kind of okay here, was uh, in that flashing on the lights panel scene, I just noticed that you actually see Batman's eyes. Yeah. Uh, which is something I usually hate when he's in the bat suit because everybody until this actual panel usually draws it really shittily, yeah. like his eyes, and he looks like super surprised and stuff like this. But I think, and you know, comic book logic, I'm assuming that the flashing lights kind of negate whatever kind of lenses he has over his cowl, 
that makes it the white eyes. I don't really know, but that's what I'm going to assume. But I thought that looked kind of cool. Uh, we don't see it again after that. But yeah, we see this crazy body count that when you really think about it, I feel like he'd have more peop more body counts than one theater. Yeah, and also you would think that they would be a little bit more decayed. Yeah. That was my then big Then again, thing. yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know how he's keeping these bodies preserved. It's comic book stuff, you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I thought this was very interesting. Now, I did mention uh, that I saw a headline before we got onto this podcast that people are comparing this run or that ending to what Batman did in Dark Knight's number one, Death Metal number one, where he used a Black Lantern ring to bring back the dead. So they're kind of making this parallel between Batman and Joker having the same kind of endgame idea when it comes down to like their final plan or something like that, which is an interesting perspective. Uh, but it makes me think that, yeah, well, if it is, if that was meant to be what happens, it makes me think that Scott Snyder is definitely working very closely with Tinian on his Batman run to be like, hey, I'm doing this here. You should do that there. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. That could be a very big stretch, but we've kind of talked about that on this podcast before because um, things have been changing so much. We know that Tinian is going to go past uh, Batman 100. He'll be continuing writing beyond that, and that could be because Scott Snyder is now doing whatever he's doing, and he wants Tinian to be on Batman until it's over. Um, because we, from our understanding, what was going to happen was Tinian would get off at 100, and we were supposed to get this uh, writer that wrote Selma, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. to jump on and start writing Black Batman. Um, but that has all changed, so... Uh, yeah, I, we don't know what to expect after this. I'm assuming Joker's going to die at 100 still. And, um, yeah, because I think there was a synopsis about, like, what Batman will do after now or some shit like yeah. that. So um, we'll go ahead and see. But I'm pretty sure anything that happens in Tinian's run is going to be negated and reversed after whatever Snyder does. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry about anything. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I thought the issue was, it was okay. It's, uh, definitely gotten better from all the stuff that was happening with the designer stuff because we all knew that was just going to be filler. Yeah. So, um, I will say this, like I said, in the last time we covered this issue, it felt like this is what Tinian's wanted to write and what he was always trying to get to. Uh, but I will say the freeze stuff was stupid. I understand that it was a dream sequence. But, um, you know, even dreams can be stupid. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's what it is. Uh, but for the most part, I think the issues that we got this week were pretty good besides that Legends of the Dark Knight. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm I don't know. Like, I think we're all just kind of looking for something fresh. And I think that's why we're more excited about black label stuff than the current continuity stuff, because it just feels all over the place. Um, and I don't know where this is going. So. Uh, but yeah, you have any closing thoughts on that? Uh, not really. I mean, like it's it's gonna be interesting to see where he is allowed to go after 100. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if they're gonna be changing up the schedule because you know at one point Detective and Batman were on the same week. Now they're not again. Um, usually because of something like a fifth week month or whatever. Yeah. But I'm interested to see. If they're going to manipulate the schedule to work with metal. Um, yeah. Because 
I think as of right now, what we're at 96 for this week, uh, mm-hmm. 97, uh, 98 will be on the 1st of September, uh, 99, and then 100 is at the end of September. Okay. So then, yeah, that's still four months. Yeah, we still have four months of who knows what. So, yeah. And, you know, our big prediction was that Scott and, and uh, Tinian were going to be working pretty close together with, you know, Metal and the Batman run to make sense. And if so, like, I don't understand what's going to happen afterward, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, man. I I really don't know where they're gonna go. Just because it and it's only because metal is so far out there. Like I don't understand it. Like at the end of Doomsday Clock, I felt like I uh, like okay, I could kind of see where the DC universe is gonna go with this. But metal is so batshit crazy to where the where worlds are being destroyed and like worlds we like and enjoy are being destroyed. And I guess apparently. You know, these dark multiverse Earths are always being created. Like, it's it's just really weird. Like, if, if a dark multiverse can constantly create new worlds, why isn't that happening in the multiverse? You know what yeah. I mean? And, like, I'm just very... I don't know where Scott Snyder's trying to go. It also doesn't sit too well with me that Snyder is carrying this thing on for six months, and then he's going to dip after that. Um, you know, yeah. like, are he's going to go work in the Indies and we don't really know where he's going, like what's going to happen after that. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but you know, as comic book fans, we know that there is a rebirth of sorts every few years. And I think DC was looking for one because they just want to start over. They want to reset or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I wish, I wish we wouldn't have to have to do things like this all the time and we would just switch up writers. And w- but unfortunately, one thing that I learned was that uh, due to the heavy lean on what 5G was going to be, Bendis, and this may have happened with other writers as well, but mm-hmm. Bendis's story got torn up because he was yeah. like, everything's going to rely on what 5G is going to be. He is still going on with those plans, even though 5G is not going to be a thing which is why his writing is so crazy stupid right now. But I'm wanting mm-hmm. to know if Tinian kind of got caught up in that. And he was like, okay, yeah. well, this Joker war needs to happen here for us to be prepared for 5G. But like we said, because of the shutdown and everything else, maybe Tinian had some more time to be like, hey, maybe I can change some things up. But we really won't know until October, to be honest. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. Um, But all we can really do is wait and see. But luckily, you know, we'll be getting three Jokers pretty soon. We can just really focus on that. And that'll carry us over to hopefully Bat-Cat. You know, I'm still hoping out for that. Um, But, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to see where this goes. But uh, that's pretty much it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, of course, uh, Clay is going to tell you about what he has on the docket this week. Yeah, so uh, I will say I am taking a break from Marvel and DC on my shows. Uh, this is going to give me enough time to uh, work on the audio dramas that I'm wanting to work on. Uh, but I will be covering 
Shonen Jump stuff. So we'll be talking about uh, Dragon Ball Super. We'll be talking about the new Time Paradox book. Uh, some really cool stuff happening in manga right now. There's a really cool like kaiju book that just got introduced to me that I like really, really enjoyed. So we'll be talking about that. Uh, but of course, all of your DC stuff we will still cover on the Comic Book Legion podcast as well as here on Batman News Weekly. So Nice, nice. Of course, you guys can always find me over at twitch.tv slash juice from the box. We are going to be streaming Friday night, possibly Saturday. I'll let you guys know how I feel. Friday for sure, though. We've been playing Fall Guys, which has been a pretty fun game. I don't know if Clay's played it yet. Not yet. It has been um, downloaded, though. Nice. It is a fun, cool game that just came out. I thought it had been out for a while, but apparently it just released. Like That's the first release of oh, it. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. So, it's been pretty fun. Um, it's free on PlayStation. Just throwing that out there if you guys have PlayStation Plus. And, uh, yeah, that, that's been pretty cool. Of course, uh, the TikTok's been going strong. If you guys want to go follow me on TikTok, Juice from the Box, just go check it out. It's been fun. I post stupid content there. I do throw in stuff like wrestling and Dragon Ball Z. I'm pretty sure I'll throw some Batman shit in there in the future. So definitely go subscribe to that. Um, but for the most part, ladies and gentlemen, we just want to say thank you for a year of listening to this podcast. Yeah, um, yeah it was... We really appreciate it. We enjoy talking about comics. If we weren't doing this podcast, we'd still be talking about all this shit anyways. So we're just including you in on our conversations. And we hope to improve the podcast in the future. We hope to bring in more audience. We really want to get to a point where we can hear your guys' opinions with us. And I think that's why I want to do the video podcast in the future. Because you'd be able to leave comments and stuff. And then we could really talk to you guys on a more weekly basis podcast doesn't really leave that to any you know there's not really a way to talk to you guys which kind of sucks because not everybody uses the same social medias and all that jazz so we're really hoping that uh in year two of batman news weekly we can interact with you guys more and just get your opinions on what we're reading as well so uh clay you want to say anything about it being a on a year yeah i mean i i i love podcasting and so when you asked me to be a co-host i was like huh i wonder if i'll be able to do it and uh, it's been a really fun year. Um, I have yeah. read more Batman than I think I would have ever read if uh, I wasn't on this podcast. Uh, so that's an awesome thing, uh, especially since Superman sucks right now, which is a very, very hurtful to say in, in my heart. But, uh, but yeah, I'm so glad for everybody who is downloading this podcast. Please continue to listen to us. Uh, like like Juice said, we, we have some things planned hopefully to better the experience uh it was funny we were just talking about somebody who really didn't like like the professionalism as far as audio goes but we Mm -hmm. will get to that hopefully so uh but yeah it's been a really fun year hopefully we don't see too many more neck snaps uh in the second year but who knows yeah (laughs) yeah we'll see ladies and gentlemen but thank you so much as always he is fanboy clay I am Juice Wayne, and remember, Batman is awesome. Batman! Newsweek!